Well, this morning we're continuing on uh, with our series on gifts in the Spirit uh, uh, that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. And we're going to be looking at the gift of prophecy this morning. And I shared with you before, but one of the ways that God brought me to him was through a prophetic word, which was given to me. I was not a Christian at the time, and it was given to me by a Christian friend that I played on a hockey team with. Um, when I was 17, I basically, uh, I didn't want anything to do with God. I'd been raised in the church, but I didn't know God. Um, and uh, fast forward to I was 21 in my second year at uni. Uh, I, was with, I was out with the hockey team. On a Wednesday night, we'd had, we were quite a good hockey team, uh, mainly because we had a couple of people who played top-level hockey. It wasn't because of me. I was one of the duffers at the back, but uh, managed to save a few goals. Um, but um, this one guy, I was, we were, we'd gone out, we'd won another game. We'd gone out uh, to our favorite curry house, and I was drunk, staggered out of this curry house. And, and one of my friends who was a Christian looked at me in front of all the guys and said, who do you love more? Do you love God or beer? And it was like someone had shot me through the head. And I walked home. All the boys thought this was hilarious. So they were like, I mean, some of them were on the floor laughing. Well, I was just like. And I remember walking home that night going, well, I realized, God, that, um, God, that beer hasn't done any good to my life. I've got into a lot of trouble because of beer. And I, and I cry out to you right now. God, I'm lost. I'm full of worry and angst, you know, everything in my life. And I'm crying out if you're there. And one week later, I was cycling across a park. I was on my bike, and I cycled into a wall of God's love. It was like one minute, I was full just of those things, shame, guilt, all those things. And then I f I f it was like cycling into a wall of God's love. And I was like, it was like being transformed. I was born again in that minute. And from that moment, um, I followed Jesus and he's been incredibly faithful to me. And the power of his spirit has enabled me to live the calling that God has placed on my life and to become more like Jesus. Now, the father loves it. Um, he loves, through the gift of prophecy, to speak to us through one another, but also to speak to non-believers uh, who do not yet know him. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, and we're going to be reading from verses 4 to 11. It's going to come up on the screen. So let's read the Word of God together. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. Now this morning, I want to ask some questions that are going to appear on this slide, and they're quite, normally I just ask about two questions. This morning, I've got quite a few questions to ask in order to unpack this gift of prophecy, so that we all have an idea. So firstly, what is the gift of prophecy? What is this gift that Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians? 
Well, according to Gordon Fee, I'm going to give you two definitions here. Firstly, Gordon Fee's definition, Paul sees this gift as consisting of spontaneous, spirit-inspired, intelligible messages spoken in the assembly and intended to build up encourage, and comfort. So just look at that for a minute. Consisting of spontaneous. This is something that God reveals. It's not something that you know. This is something that God, you didn't know, and then God reveals it. It's spontaneous, and it's by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And it's an intelligible message. It's something that you as the receiver can understand so that you can give it to the person it's for. And it's spoken in the assembly, in the church, and intended to build up in courage and comfort. Sam Storms, who's the next definition, says the human report, he defines prophecy as the human report of a divine revelation. So this is not something human, it's divine. Prophecy is the speaking forth and merely human words of something God has spontaneously brought to mind. So it's very different from Old Testament prophets who spoke judgment or salvation to the people of God. So that's what prophecy is. So what's the goal of prophecy? It's really important for us to know why God has given this, this goal to the church, this gift. Well, very simply, prophecy is for the strengthening, encouraging, and comfort of the believers. Other translations use words such as edification, exhortation, and consolation. And a really helpful way to think about prophecy, to keep us right, is to remember that prophecy comes from the heart of the Father and reflects the Father's love for us. It's not given to control, to dominate, to make fearful, but to encourage, to strengthen and comfort. And these are all good things from a good, good Father. This is important, remember, as often people use it to point the finger, to speak judgment, to call out sin. I've often been asked, surely prophecy must be more than just encouraging, comforting, strengthening. And my answer to that is, if you do not hold the office of a prophet or are recognized in the church and by your leadership with a prophetic gifting, then you stick to these three. I do believe, however, that there's the office of the prophet in the New Testament church, which continues today to have both the capacity and authority to speak words of correction and direction, but they are gifted in that. So I'm talking about people like, uh, who sadly passed, but John Paul Jackson. If you'd ever been with John Paul Jackson, you knew he was a prophet. Or Sean Boltz, that would be another one uh, if you want to look up. Uh, Sean Boltz, you see Sean when he prophesies. He prophesies the Father's love. I mean, it's incredible. So does this mean that there are levels in the prophetic? Well, yes, I believe there are. And I just want to quick, we've never looked at this, but I just want to quickly look at this. So level one is an occasional inspirational prophecy. So this may describe the majority in the church that we receive occasional words or pictures that are going to encourage, comfort, or strengthen the person in front of you. So that might be at the house group, or it might be when you're at a tech team um, um, kind of group, or when you're in the 0 to 18. It, it's just sometimes you, you get a word, a prophetic word. Level two would be consistent prophetic gifting. Here the person consistently receives words, scriptures, and pictures, and can interpret and apply them. The difference is that this may come with more authority than just getting it occasionally, because they, they're consistent. Level three is a recognized prophetic ministry. Some people who pursue the gift of prophecy grow in it and start to be recognized as having a maturity and a proven track record. They may see healing or deliverance come with the use of the prophetic and a greater accuracy and level of authority. And they minister not just in the local church, but in other ministries too. Then there's level four, the office of a prophet. 
This is a New Testament office, just like the teacher or evangelist. And Gold wrote about this. This level of prophecy goes way beyond the scope of an inspirational gift. And they will be used most often to speak encouragement, but also direction, correction, equipping, and commissioning. It's important to note that you cannot grow into the office of a prophet. This is something Jesus gives as a gift. You can grow in just the uh, gift of prophecy, but not into the gift of um, uh, or in the office of the prophet. So in all of this, it's really important not to get hung up on that, but just to seek and be faithful with what God has given you. And as we do this, I believe God will grow us in this area. Over the years, I have sought this gift and looked to move in it to build up the church. But I wouldn't call myself a prophet. Uh, I, I remember at Clan seeing John Paul Jackson prophesy. Uh, I'd never seen a New Testament prophet operate. And it was amazing to see his, his authority and his accuracy as he just lived out the gift that God had given him as a prophet. And maybe a simple way to distinguish between the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet is to make a list or a function. So here's the gift of prophecy given by the Holy Spirit. All can prophesy. It's for comforting, strengthening, encouraging within the church, given to help the body for the common good. Revelations of past and present primarily speaks within the local church and reveals the heart of the Father. So that's the gift of prophecy. The office of the prophet, otherwise, is given by Jesus. It speaks God's grace and judgment, correction and direction. Speak, it speaks to the local church and to the nations. It speaks to the past, present and future church, social, political, economic, geographical arenas. Prophets make desires of God known to the people. So I hope you can see then that there are different levels. And I hope that encourages you, that we can all start somewhere, that we don't have to, you know, when we talk about the gift of the prophet, uh, or a gift of prophecy, we're not saying you have to start declaring specific things about, no, where the gift of prophecy was given to encourage, strengthen, and comfort. And let's start there. So can anyone prophesy? Here's a question. Well, Paul desires in 1 Corinthians, if you read it through, that all would prophesy. But that doesn't mean that all will. Whether that's because they seek it, they don't, want, they don't seek it, or they don't want it. With Pentecost, it was understood that Joel's prophecy had been fulfilled. And so prophecy was now potentially available to all. I mean, look at Joel 2. Um, 28 to 29. Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in all these days. So I believe that all can, but whether all want to, hmm. So why should we pursue it? Why does Paul say, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy? Now, that eagerly desire can be translated, be zealous for spiritual gifts, which means to use great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of spiritual gifts. And I wonder if that could define you. You know, are you like, whoa, I'm going to go for this? Or, you know, it might be a bit like, you know, in the new year, sometimes, you know, we go, right, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to lose that pound of flesh around my waist. And I'm going to, you know, and so we think, right, I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to start running. And we're like, woo, we buy the new trainers, you know, we get the gym membership. We're like, yeah, come on. And then what happens to us uh, after maybe going through a bit of pain or like, oh, that hurts, you know, like after a month or so, I think I'm just going to lay the trainers aside. You know, I'll just cancel the gym membership. 
Well, sometimes we're a bit like that on a Sunday, aren't we? Whoa, let's go for this. Let's go for what the, the word of God's got. And then we're like, God gives you an opportunity. What do we do? We'll leave it to Isaac or we'll leave it to, you know, someone who's like, they're, they're paid to do that. Well, I believe that we should be zealous. Why? Because the Word of God says it. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. They're not a reward. We don't have to have walked with the Lord for many years to receive them. And they don't come through our works. They're gifts of grace for the church. It's the Holy Spirit who distributes them as He determines. So no matter what age in the faith you are, we should eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And I'm, I'm very, I mean, I shared a word, um, I can't remember where it, when it was, sometime recently, about Harry, my son, who's only six, who I felt gave a prophetic word. I think we can move, sometimes kids are most gifted in moving in the gifts of the Spirit because they don't have that fear factor that we do. And so parents, why don't you pray for your kids? Why don't you talk about eagerly desiring the gifts of the Spirit? But Paul also says something. He says, since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. So the, we know that there was a lot going on in the Corinthian church. And there was like, tongues were seen as the thing. And actually, if a tongue is interpreted, there's no real value. It edifies the person who gives it, according to Scripture, but it doesn't edify the church. And so Paul here says, try to excel in those gifts that build up the church. Paul goes on to write, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who speaks, uh, prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. Why? Because it builds up the church. It's, it's an understandable word. In Paul commanding them to seek prophecy, we start to see that it's not optional for the church, but essential. Sam Storms wrote this, All churches, no matter how different they may be, have an identical mandate when it comes to obeying Scripture. No one is exempt or special or unique in such a way that they can justify disobedient to God's Word. This is not a suggestion or mere advice or wise counsel. This is a divine command, a mandate from God Himself. If you and I are not earnestly desiring spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, we are disobedient. Wow, when I read that, I thought, oh God, give me them all. <laughs> you know, we need to go after the things of God, the Spirit of God. Why? So we can build up the church. But Paul realizes there's a problem here in Corinth. And so he says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Why does Paul say this? Because there was like a one-arm spiritual ship going on. Like tongues, if you didn't speak in tongues, well, you know, and, and, and gifts of, of prophecy were like, well, I can prophesy, see how I can do this. And they were given, they were given to, to, to encourage, strengthen, and comfort the believer, not to build up the person who's giving them. It's not like, well, look at me. Aren't I amazing? Well, that's what was, what was happening in Corinth. And so Paul doesn't say, notice this. He doesn't say, do not seek the gifts of the Spirit. He says, eagerly, but correct yourselves and do it in love. Do it in love. Follow the way of love 
As we do this, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Remember, we want to communicate the heart of the Father to the person. That's what the gift of the prophecy is about. Another important reason why we should pursue the gift of prophecy is to reveal that Jesus, to reveal Jesus in this world. We need to realize that people are hungry in our culture for the prophetic, for God's word. And sadly, they're going elsewhere to psychics and mediums to receive the words that end up damaging them because they're not from the Spirit of God. You know, I love that one of our outreaches is Spirit Cafe, which uses uh, prophecy along with other spiritual gifts to allow non-believers to encounter God. So at one of our spirit cafes um, in Livingston, uh, a medium turned up and virtually said to the prophetic team, well, well, well let's see what you've got then. <laughs> the medium's hardness just melted as she encountered the Father's heart for her through the prophetic words that were given her. You see, the world is crying out for God. And, the, and these gifts of the Spirit are ways that we can allow others to encounter them. That's why we push Spirit Cafe. So we see the gift of prophecy allows God through believers to reveal the Father's heart for this world, to reveal unbelievers' hearts and bring them to Jesus. That was me. Encourage believers and the church to stay the course. Build up believers and the church to live out their calling on, them, on their lives. Comfort believers and the church who are struggling. Allow the Father to call out the gold in one another and to call into being often what is in the future. Steve Thompson wrote a book saying you may all prophesy and I'd really encourage you to read it. It's one of the most encouraging and practical books that I have read on the prophetic. You may all prophesy. And he says this, God has provided these spiritual environments for us to receive and demonstrate his supernatural power and healing, miracles and prophecy. The church and the world are desperate for God to make himself known and dwell among them. We will not stand in this perilous times ahead, not fulfill our mandate in the world without functioning in all of these spiritual environments available to us. So I hope you can see why we need to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts and especially prophecy. So let me now go on to, uh, to kind of ask the question, what are the basics of prophecy? What, where, you know, if, you, if you're hearing this today, where do I start? So the gift of prophecy normally has three different stages. So we're getting a bit practical now. There's revelation. This is the message that God gives you. There's interpretation. You then ask what it means. And then there's application. What do we do with what God's shown us? So let's then break it down to what it looks like. And I want to use an example of my own life to show these three stages. So I um, also want to just share how. So let's look at Revelation. So this is how you might get a, 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 a prophetic word. It might be through a word. You might just get one word. You get my, a serious word, a phrase. Or you might get a scripture. Here's the scripture. It comes to mind. These things spontaneously just pop up. It might be a picture or a vision. So a vision is just a moving picture. It might be a dream. I've had dreams about people, and then the next day I've gone to minister, and that person has been there, and it's been a prophetic word that has released a lot of stuff over them, which is good. He may use senses, so eyes. You might see something. You might hear something. You might taste something. You might feel something. Um, or he may speak in an audible voice. So these are just some of the ways that a revelation from God might come to you, which is a gift of prophecy. So here, here, here's just the first example. 
So I was in Acosta Coffee on Princess Street, and um, I, I was meeting with some friends, and as I was looking around, my, my gaze just fixed uh, on this woman, and I felt the Holy Spirit, as I looked at this woman, I, held, I felt the Holy Spirit give me this picture, which was this woman in a white robe, and that Jesus had forgiven her. That's all I got. That was the revelation. So let's move on to the next, the interpretation. This is understanding what God has revealed. So this picture, I'm asking, Lord, what does this mean? Sometimes we'll not get anything more than the revelation. So we don't make it up. That's what, what's what, what we share. We just share the revelation. So I had the revelation of this lady. And then I asked the Lord what it meant. And I felt the Holy Spirit show me that Jesus wanted her to know that she was forgiven and cleansed. And he had given her a white robe of righteousness. Okay? That's the interpretation. Now let's move on to the application. The, the application is what do we do with this? What does God want her to, to do with this word, this picture? Again, sometimes we might have the revelation and the interpretation, but not the application. So that's just what we say. So we just need to share that. So I asked, and I felt the Holy Spirit share, we, that she needed to believe that she was forgiven, to move from that place of forgiveness, and that she was righteous in God's sight, and to live from that place of wearing that, that robe of righteousness. So that's the easy part. So I then realized that this really only worked if she was a Christian, or if she was going to become a Christian there and then. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? So... Uh, I asked my friends to pray, and then off I went. And I went up to her. I said, um, hello, um, I'm a Christian, and I hope you don't mind. Sometimes I get words for people that encourage, comfort, and strengthen them. And would it be okay if I just shared that word with you? At which point, to my great relief, she said, oh, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> relief, relief, relief. So I explained to her the message that I got. And and why I, and, and it was just really encouraging. What I shared, you could see and encouraged her that she was forgiven, that she was strengthened in the sense that she was encouraged to keep going and comfort her, the word comfort her, that she was righteous in Christ. And to be honest, I was just relieved. But, you know, here was someone who was a, a, a member of God's family in Costa Coffee, and God wanted the father had a word for her so that's what it looks like revelation we get something from god we ask what it means the interpretation and then we ask what it how we apply it so what are the boundaries of the prophetic this is really important that we know some simple boundaries in order to use them to keep us safe and not hurt anyone when prophesying so the first is that we cannot, uh, a revelation cannot contradict the Bible. If you get a message, a word, a picture that goes against what the Bible says, then we don't share it, we just get rid of it. It's not from God. For example, if, if someone came up to you with a prophetic, saying they had a prophetic word, saying to you, you don't have to forgive that person who hurt you. Well, that's not a word from God. Because the Bible says that we need to forgive. So we need to, first of all, weigh up Test it against the Word of God. And if it contradicts the Word of God, it's out. The next one, it has to be encouraging, strengthening, and comforting, which means it cannot be negative. 
Don't give negative words. I've shared this before, but it's kind of, it's a good example. You know, I was once asked to pray for this lady. And as I, as I went up to her, I got the phrase, she's full of fear. Now, to go up to her and say, well, I, I, here's the uh, prophetic word for you. You're full of fear. Is that right? Would that be encouraging? Would it be strengthening? Would it be comforting? I'm not going to get much back here. So I thank God for the revelation, and I asked him, what do you want me to say to her? What do you want to, I know she's full of fear, but what do you want to release? And he said, I want to release courage. So I went up to her, I said, is there a situation by any chance you need some courage for? She went, oh yes, I'm just so full of fear. And we were able to deal with the fear and minister into her and give her courage. It must be given a humility knowing that it might be wrong. You know, we're not Old Testament prophets. We've all got our L plates on, so we don't start with the phrase, Thus saith the Lord, Isaac. Paul makes clear in 1 Corinthians 39, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. You know, I, I remember receiving a prophetic um, vision for a guy who I kind of only knew. Uh, he, I only really knew. And, and the vision was, of John Wesley preaching in the field. And the phrase that went with it was, you're going to be like John Wesley. Now, I must admit, I was a bit like, that's a bit of a big word to prophesy over someone. And what if I'm wrong? So I kind of umdenard. And then, and he's an amazing leader, this guy. And I said, well, I've had this prophetic message, but I might well be wrong. So you've got to weigh it up. And I shared. And as I shared... He laughed. I was like, oh, that's really encouraging. <laughs> and then he smiled. And he said, that's a, an amazing confirmation. He said, I've been given that word three times. And the last person who gave me it gave me a statue of John Wesley. John Wesley was an amazing man of God who took the word of God out into the fields to preach the gospel. And thousands came to be saved. But we need to come with humility knowing that we might be wrong. We should not add anything to make it more dramatic. If you just get one word, give the one word. Because you know how impactful that will be. Remember, we're not trusting in our own abilities. We're trusting in God's power. We should not prophesy about certain things. This is really key. Unless you hold the office of a prophet, do not prophesy on such topics as relationships in regard to engagements or weddings. Off limits is also prophesying about babies, specific dates or healings. We might feel compassion for the person, but we don't turn that into prophetic word. This can cause so much damage in someone's life, so we mustn't do it. If you really think God is speaking to you about a person, come and speak to me, and we can pray about it. I've seen the effects of someone giving a word they thought was from the Lord, and it wasn't. And it was so damaging. A prophetic word can sometimes lead us to pray and not to share. I remember this funny story. I was... Um, uh, when I was at Holy Trinity, Ian and Kenny, were, uh, who were the two, other two ministers, were off at a conference speaking. And I had this dream about them that at the conference they went mad. And uh, so I thought, well, that wouldn't be very encouraging, coming with strength. If I phoned them up and said, just so you know, I've had a dream about you, Kenny and Ian. You're going to go mad at this conference. Actually, what I was to do was just to pray protection over them. See, sometimes God shows you stuff, like when you're asking, to pray and not to share so, that's some boundaries that we need to hold to. How can we develop this gift 
this gift of prophecy. We're to eagerly desire it. How can we develop? We ask for it, and then we step out. Well, I reckon there are four Ps that might help us here and that have helped me. Firstly, be in his presence. This is really important because we, when we're in God's presence, we start to learn his voice. Uh, you know, when I was in God's presence this morning, he showed me some stuff. He spoke to me. He gave me a picture, which was really encouraging for me. And I held it up to Scripture, and I, it held with Scripture. And it was like, that's of the Lord. And you start to hear the voice of God. And that's really important because then you start to know the voice of God. So if you're in the church or you're out and about, you'll hear it. You go, oh, I think this is the, the, the voice of God. I think this is a word of prophecy. I remember I'd gone into a town one day to pray for someone who was going through a really tough time. And I thought this was going to take ages, but actually it only took 10 minutes. I'd given two hours for it. So I'd like put two hours on the clock for the, for the meeting. I was like, well, I'm not going to waste that. So God, have you got anything you want me to do? So I was standing on, on the uh, on George Street, kind of looking along. And he said, uh, do you see that guy that everyone is avoiding? Coming along Joshua, I went, uh-huh. He said, I want you to talk to him and help him tonight. I was like, all right. So, I mean, people were like, like parting of the Red Sea. And um, so I went, hello. Um, how are you doing? And uh, he went, well, I'm not doing so well today. I've just got out of prison. I haven't got anywhere to stay tonight. I said, well, I believe God's come, sent me to help you. So let's see. And I, and I suddenly got this picture of this hostel and I didn't know if, you know, so I thought, right, um, can we just follow what I feel God's calling us to? So we, there's a hostel behind the castle, which sometimes allows people in who come straight out of prison. So I went up there, and the manager was amazingly, I explained the situation, and, uh, and they said, well, we haven't got a room here, but we're going to phone, and we're going to get them a place tonight. So they, while they were doing that, I sat in the office whilst they were giving the guy a cup of coffee, and they said, why are you doing this? Well, I got this word from God. What do you mean? It was an amazing opportunity. So it went from one encounter to another encounter. And I'll always remember when I left, this guy was in a taxi that they got for him. And he was off to his B&B, waving happily. And I told him, just you remember, this was Jesus. See, when we're in the presence of God, we hear the voice of God. We pray, pray Prayer allows us to only seek the gift of prophecy. That when you have the gift, start praying for a greater anointing. And then be ready. Prepare yourself. Read and get to know God's word. One of the, one of the reasons I think Jack Deere is a great, just moves so well on the things of the, of the prophetic is because he knows the word of God. You know, get to know God's word because it also helps you to know what he does. And then practice. Look for opportunities God provides when he speaks. We all have to start somewhere. And if you don't start, you'll never get better. And if you use the Bible as your benchmark, always looking to encourage, strengthen, and comfort, getting rid of any negative words, you can't really go wrong, to be honest. House groups is a great way just to start. So how do we receive? I want to finish with how do we receive a prophetic word? This is really key. Because if we're going to move in this gift then at some point, hopefully, you're going to get a prophetic word. So how do we receive it? What do we do with it? Um, well, the first thing is we write it down or record it. I don't know about you, but I'm terrible at this. So when someone gives me a, a prophetic word, I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I go home and think, what was that word again? It had something to do with this. 
But now I write it down. And it just helps us to remember it accurately so then we can go to the next stage, which is to test it out. The Bible tells us, do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecy with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. So we get a prophetic word, then it's really important that we test it first against Scripture. Does it encourage, strengthen, and comfort us? If it doesn't line up with Scripture, then ignore it. If it's not encouraging, strengthening, and comforting, unless it, you know it's given by someone who has a prophetic track record and you know in your gut that it's a true word for you, then get rid of it. But what if it is? What do you do with it? Well, I would say you would take it to the Lord. If you feel it's from the Lord, then pray about it. And even if you feel there's some action that's needed, you move in that. So if you've had a prophetic word that, uh, uh, let's just say that um, you've got an amazing gift with young people, well, what are you going to do with it? You've got a choice, haven't you? And you know that you're good with young people, then it's up to you. Are you going to go and start to, to work in the naughty, naughty 18 ministry? Or is God calling you into teaching? I don't know. You know, sometimes we say, well, that's a lovely word. That's very encouraging, isn't it? But do we actually do anything about it? You know, I can remember the day my boss called me in. And he, he, he was, I would call, a quiet charismatic. Amazing brain, great teacher of the word, and, and knew the voice of God. And he's a very formal man. But he sat me down in his office and he said, Ollie. Oh, he called me Oliver. He said, Oliver. He looked at me square in the face and he said, you have all the gifts for ordained ministry. He said, you're free to go. <laughs> I reckon that was a prophetic word. I reckon that was God calling out the gold in me that he placed. But what was I going to do with it? I then got an email from my mum and dad to confirm that, to say, we think you should go into the uh, ministry, but you need some training. So what are we going to do about that? And off the back of that, God did some incredible things. Now, not all um, prophetic words have that kind of level, but they're all encouraging, strengthening, comforting. So what are we going to do with them? You might be like me. You might get a prophetic word that might open your heart to God. So let's just pray. Let's stand. We're going to pray. Father God, we give you thanks that you give us gifts enable to bless the church, to strengthen the church, to encourage the church, to comfort the church. And Lord, help us as a church to move in these gifts, to eagerly, in love, seek these gifts, especially prophecy. I just pray for the ministry team this morning. You would just anoint them, oh God, with the gift of prophecy this morning. Just bless them. And Lord, give us a desire for you. Lord, as we worship, Lord, create a hunger in us for more of you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. So let's just spend some time in worship. And if you want to go up and receive, please do so.